Blooming Inspired Podcast, equipping and empowering the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive. Good morning, um, Michelle Bentham here, Blooming Inspired Podcast host and chief wildflower at the Blooming Inspired Network. Be sure to check out HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash Blooming Inspired Network.com. You need to go to that HTTPS site because Blooming Inspired Network has a secure site and I want to make sure that every that you know that it's a secure and your privacy is being protected there um, on the on the interwebbies. And so um, we're reading Continuing our reading in First John um, this morning, but before we do, I want to just share some thoughts I've been having. I've already shared some of the thoughts that I've had about um, oh about Twitter and you know the, the the court of public opinion that we see so prevalent in social media and our news media today here, especially in the United States of America. And yesterday, as I was weighing and praying over these things. I have this thought, and I posted it on Facebook, but I have this thought of who needs an enemy when we're so willing to turn on ourselves. If you remember, if we go back and we look at the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, it was when the enemy turned on himself that he defeated himself and the nation of Israel didn't have to fight. We saw that with King David. We saw it with King Jehoshaphat. We saw it throughout Scripture, right, that God would go before them and fight the battle. But at the at, at, at the end, after David is gone and Solomon is gone, Solomon's sons end up dividing the kingdom. And Luke 19 says that a nation or a house divided against itself cannot stand. And I hate to say this, but the evidence is that the body of Christ has become a house divided against itself. And I want to prophesy to that, and I want to speak unity to that, and I want to speak love to that. But as I'm processing this with God, I just want to tell you my thoughts, because maybe you're having some of these thoughts too. Here's my thought. These are the questions I have this morning. Didn't Christ tell us to love our enemies? Didn't He say to bless those who persecute you? Where are we seeing this love for our enemies in the United States of America today? Didn't we see Stephen professing his testimony with his dying breath as those who held fast to their doctrines and their dogma assented to his stoning, including Saul, parentheses, Paul? Didn't God say to bless those who persecute you? Or maybe it was John, but make no doubt about it. Make no doubt about it. It was Holy Spirit inspired, especially among the body of believers. Where are we seeing that the disciples of Christ are universally known by their love for one another? Where? We prefer one another, but do we really express love to one another? And if we forget, love is the only way to live well. And to love well is defined by 1 Corinthians 13. It means to be patient to be kind, to not be jealous, to not be proud or boastful, anybody, to not be selfish, anybody, not be rude, anybody. It does not get angry easily, anybody. It keeps no record of wrongs, anybody. It doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. 
You see, love always protects and trusts and hopes and perseveres. That's what Scripture says to us. But I wonder if we hold more swiftly to our doctrines and our dogma than our love. The Apostle John wrote in his first epistle that the way we are marked and known as Christ is by our love for one another. I look around today and I see few people and I see few communities of believers doing it. I see them, but I also see a lot who are not. I see a few churches that don't wander off into the fray, but I don't have to look very hard especially on social media, to find anyone claiming to be a Christian, lambasting and tearing down other leaders in the church over doctrine. This is the way of the Pharisee, my friends, making judgments and assessing accusations and agreeing with the accuser of our brethren instead of seeking to reason together and grow in understanding. But here's the other thing. If we don't speak up against the evil we see in the world and the mistreatment of even unbelievers, then aren't we condoning the same? I posted it yesterday, and it's a real question. Who needs an enemy when we are so willing to turn on ourselves? How can the United States of America ever hope to overcome the fractured divisions we are seeing today in our country if the universal church Christ's body and bride holds fast to its own divisions. Grieving and praying this morning as I call on God to restore us back to first love and the heart of the Father today. Lord, have mercy on us and call us back. Call us back to first love. I'm going to pray. Lord God, as I reflect on the grief in my own heart over things, I also inquire of you to act on our behalf, to act in us, to act through us, to, to cause us to repent and change our mind about the things we see, feel so convicted about. And where, God, we are, and I say we because I am subject to, where we are convicted of our own opinions over your truth, I pray your truth would prevail. I pray your hope would prevail. I pray your faith would prevail. I pray your love more than anything would prevail. Speak through my words today, God. Let me decrease and I pray you increase. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in chapter 5 of 1 John today. And so I want to just jump right into the reading because I want to finish up. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him, who begot, also loves him, who is begotten of him. So here he's saying, anyone who loves the Father, the one who begot, will also love the Son, who is begotten. That he who loves God must love his brother also. You see, here's, here's the crux of it, because if we are born again, if we have faith in Jesus Christ, if we know him, then we are begotten of him. So if we love the one who was begot by God, Jesus, then we will love those who were begotten by him, our fellow believers. This is the dividing issue for John. Will we love those who profess to love and know Christ? 
And I, I don't believe they highlight the false teachers because they don't love them. They highlight the false teachers because, because they believe them to be dangerous to the body. But he doesn't write with a condemning tone. He writes with a caution tone. Measure that carefully. Make sure you're holding to sound doctrine. Make sure that what you're doing lines up with who Christ is and what his word says. Come on. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? God. The key to victory is faith in Jesus as the Son of God. The key to not carrying the burdensome thought of obedience to commandments is to respond to them out of love. Out of love and out of faith, believing we have a good God who keeps His promises, who takes care of us, who provides the victory. Isn't this good? This is He who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit, and it tells us when we are discerning truth. The Holy Spirit is our litmus test. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And here you see where the doctrine of the Trinity comes from. Throughout Scripture, we see this picture of the Father and the Holy Spirit and the Son working together. But here, John defines it plainly. The, the Father, who is in heaven, he's God. The Son, who is the Word, He's God. The Spirit, who is our comforter, our counselor, our teacher, our advocate, He is God. And these three are one. And there are three, get this, that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. The Spirit that convicts us to salvation, the water of baptism hmm, that cleanses us, and the blood of Christ that sets us free, free from the debt of sin, free from the debt of death. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. <clears throat> he who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony of God that God has given his own son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. He who has the son has life and he who does not have the son does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life. He says, nail it down. Make it sure. Be confident in the one in whom you profess 
your faith in, that he is the son of God, that you have eternal life through faith in him, that he did pay in full through his love for you and his death on a cross, the final payment for all your sin, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the son of God. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that we ask anything according to his will, and he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Verse 16, if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life. For those who commit sin not leading to death, there is sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. I want to go back to what it says in verse 16. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask, and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is sin leading to death. And I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. And I don't, I, I want to highlight that because I'm not going to speak to that today. I want to pray on that and I want to study that out a little more before I speak on it. But I want to speak on this last part. I've shared quite a bit already. It says, We know that whoever's born of God, does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Remember what I said at the beginning. Why do we need an enemy when we're so willing to turn on ourselves? And that takes me to what James says in his epistle, where he says, he who knows the good he ought to do and does not do it to him, it becomes sin. So I want to ask you today, you know, we get through this book, and it's all about abiding in Christ, abiding in His righteousness, abiding in His love, abiding in who He is. And I want to ask you some things. How are you doing with righteousness? How are you doing with obedience to God because you love Him? Because that was the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness of Christ was He listened and He, and he attended Himself to the things that God was doing, his father was doing. He would spend time alone with the father and he would go out and do what the father showed him to do. He said, I do not do anything unless I see, hear my father doing it. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with loving your fellow body of Christ members, those who profess faith in Jesus Christ as the son of God and the atonement for our sins? who resurrected on the third day, as Paul talks about in his writings. How are you doing with loving those people? 
And how are you doing with loving your enemies? Even though John doesn't write specifically about that in the first epistle, how are you doing with that? Because God's calling us to a higher standard of love. How are you doing with being kind and being patient and not being easily angered and not being jealous and envious and not being boastful and proud? Paul says, I I boast in nothing except Jesus and him crucified. I know that, that to live is Christ and to die is gain. Friends, we have to do better at loving. We have to keep our love on and not our human limited capacity love, but that unconditional 1 Corinthians 13 kind of love. Or else people just hear us clanging our words together. They just hear us beating them like a drum. And I don't know about you, but I don't want somebody who's going to beat me over the head with what they believe and not care one whit about what I have questions about, what I don't understand, what I'm feeling in the moment. And I'm telling you, when you stand beside someone who is walking through something hard, they are not going to care about your doctrine or your dogma until they know you care about what it is that's happening to them. So today my challenge to you is to figure out what it means to love and live this life in Christ according to His righteousness and according to His truth and His love. I want to call you up to the standard of Christ today. So, Father God, would you call us all up? I'm calling myself to, I'm speaking to my own heart today. Would you call the body of Christ up to the standard of your Son? Will we stop compromising by calling ourselves sinners and call ourselves little children of God? Those who abide in Christ and know Him. That's who I want to be. So, Lord, I just pray today that you would quicken our hearts to what is true and you would let everything else fall away. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's all I have for you today. Remember, I have a couple of things up at our website, and I just changed our website. I want you to know that we have a secure website, that that we are privacy-oriented at Blooming Inspired Network. We don't want other people to get um, your information from us and so we don't sell your information we don't we don't farm it out to other people the only way that we will contact you is if you ask us to share more information about blooming inspired network to you and so the the website address and be sure to use this at the beginning https instead of http because HTTPS gives you that secure website. And you can get through it through the HTTP, but it's it, it needs to be that secure website. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash bloominginspirednetwork.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Blooming Inspired and 
on social, other social media platforms at Twitter, we're Bloom Inspire Net, and on Instagram, we're at Blooming Inspired also. Um, I'm not, I haven't been posting in those places frequently, but that will start picking up here in the days ahead. Our two events that are coming up, October 20th, Bible study starts. That's just a week away from, from, I mean, two weeks away from tomorrow. Is that right? Yep. Two weeks away from tomorrow. And I'm so excited about Bible study. I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed and overjoyed to be walking through the pages and the verses of the book of Mark with my ladies this this season. I call them my gospel gals. And I would love for you to join us. If you're in the Granbury, Texas area, within driving distance of Granbury, Texas, come on Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock. We meet for an hour and a half to two hours. Um, we usually try to wrap up around 1130 and there's time in there for a half hour of fellowship before and a half hour of fellowship after. If you can't come because you don't live nearby, or you're, it's just not a convenient time for you, you can catch us on Facebook Live at Blooming Inspired. And I'm working on getting it up possibly on Periscope on Twitter. So there will be the opportunity for you to tune in and be a part of our Bible study through video interfaces. I'm going to upload the videos to YouTube. So that'll be another way that you can find us. And I'm working out these processes as we go. Um, Please be praying. I have a young woman who has volunteered to be an admin for me and to help me with some of these administrative things that I need to, to build a system for. And so please be praying for us as we develop the system. Uh, The second event that I'm very excited about is our January 17th through 19th uh, prophetic retreat. It's going to be a time away to refresh and to reconnect your heart with God's heart. Maybe you've been in a long season like I've been that's just been difficult and the enemy has been warring against you and you just need to get some time away with God in a small group environment where we'll be encouraging and building one another up in our faith and in our love for God and in our purpose and in our passions and in our identity. And so if you would love to hear truth spoken to you. If you would love to receive some words in due season and some encouragement, I highly encourage you. The prophetic retreat is $150 and what you get for that is two nights accommodation, five meals, and all the good stuff with God in between. We'll be staying in a house together. We will be um, uh, in in a location that will help us to retreat well with God. And with that said, I want to remind you, blooming where your plan is the first step to living your wildest dreams. So live your lives blooming alive. Until next time, this is Michelle and I'm signing off.